be that in, in other parts of the country because I know some places are talking about all this snow dumping on them but where we are in Texas I mean it's already there's grass growing yeah trees are blooming and it's interesting because because spring to me you know usually is life and excitement and energy and all that but it seems like for the past couple of days it's just been dead really <laughs> tired yeah went to lunch with my wife the other day and we just sat there and ate, you know, it was just kind of like, wow. We get home and the kids, you know, we had different things going on with the kids and then we get them in bed and we basically almost fell asleep on the couch. You know, it was just like, wow, we are just bubbling. Does that happen in your world, Gina? Um, pretty much springtime is baseball in our house. So we've just had baseball canceled, postponed, both in the college and the middle school team. So okay. that's all. Everything's about baseball for the next six months. <laughs> oh, there we go. Well, everything for us the next 20 minutes or so is going to be about sexy marriage radio. And what? Aren't they the same thing? Baseball, sex, and radio? They sure can be. Uh, <laughs> we're glad you joined us, Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris. Where we're having honest conversations about sex and life and love and relationships and marriage and anything and everything in between. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear what you have in, on, on your mind, any questions or comments. So jump online at sexymarriageradio.com. You can send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And you can also jump on iTunes and give us some feedback. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review, please, because that helps spread the word. Absolutely. And thank you to those who responded so quickly after last week's show that had a temporary glitch. Uh, If you didn't get to hear that whole show, we hope you'll try again because it's uploaded and it's a good show. It's all there. Yeah. So one of the questions I've got is, is something that I see a lot in my counseling world, both with the simple marriage that I have online and, and the kind of the role it's become of lots of people email in crisis and with mm-hmm. some major struggle. And one of the things that's very common is a person will, will hear that, you know, from their spouse that, you know, there's a problem, there's something going on. And I'm of the belief that when there's a problem, when one person thinks there's a problem, there's a problem. <laughs> right. Okay. So you, you need to at least acknowledge it and that will adjust the system and, and what you have to figure out what you're going to do going forward. But one of the things I hear a lot of is, you know, my spouse told me that they're done or they're moving out or they've brought up the word divorce or separation or, you know, I can't take it anymore kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so the person then that hears that moves into panic mode, which then puts them in a scenario of trying to be fix it. Or pleaser. So let's go both genders on on that one. Because I think men will jump into fix-it mode quickly. What do I need to do to fix this so that we'll be back to okay? And then the wife can easily jump into, well, okay, maybe I just need to be more pleasing. I need to do different things that would make you happy or that would bring you pleasure or, you know, to, to entice you to stay, in essence. But I think the way that comes across is you become an orbiter. Right. Of the spouse. So that now all of a sudden 
Your world is all about them. So I I think that's really interesting. And that is a um insecurity response because other people are just going to shut down. So I think there that's one of two elements. Either you're going to go shut down and go the opposite direction or move in too close in orbit. Right. Yeah, cuz or, orbiting I mean there's there's two different things that come up to my mind when when we talk about orbiting Gina is mm-hmm. one is in this scenario of there's a crisis there's a problem because in essence the way a marriage does, works the best is when you have people that are on a shared journey mm-hmm. you know a, a shared goal even and they may not be the exact one in the same goal but they're they're really close so you you kind of are walking along parallel to each other. Yeah, you're kind of doing life together and enjoying it. Mm -hmm. You're holding hands, but then there's sometimes when you're not close enough, you can hold hands. And then there's sometimes when you're really close and you can hug each other and and do more things because you're really close. And then there's times when you're back, you know, so there's there's this ebb and flow, if you will, as you journey. But it's still, you're you're facing the same direction. The problem happens when one of you turns towards the other and that's all of a sudden now you become the orbiter of them. Which, like you talk about, it comes across needy, I guess you could say, or clingy. Well, and think about how relationships start, though. Because when they start, you're so facing each other, right. and, they, and it sparks euphoria. Right. So, so, yeah, and then as you start growing and kind of growing apart, then there can be that insecurity, and, and one spouse is feeling like, I don't get this attention from my maid anymore. They're not that into me anymore. And so they they do that. They they push in. Right. And the other one is like trying to move away. Right. So, yeah. Because yeah, a, tell- a natural reaction to feeling smothered is to push away. Or to just feel insecure or to feel. So what you're describing, I'm working with one of my elite athletes and she's this, you know, world-class kind of athlete and her boyfriend is not quite as athletic. And she says, man, it's almost like, you know, he puts this pressure on me. She, all his insecurities are, are exacerbated when I do well. And like he, if I struggle, he feels stronger. And she says, it really bothers me. You know, and she said, I don't know what to say to him. I said, you need to explain to him that you love his strength, that when he is strong, you feel confident. When he acts insecure and needy, it makes you feel insecure. Okay. And so that helped her a lot. But that's also what you're, what's happening is a natural dynamic. Right. That when one person, I mean, because we have this fusion fantasy that we will be mm-hmm. one We'll, we'll operate under the same brain, if you will, that we'll be in lockstep with each other, in sync with each other all the time so that when I'm down, you know, my wife will pick me up. And it's funny that, you know, in this whole kind of tired state we've been in for yeah. a, a day or two, Pam actually said, will you be my happiness committee, re- referring to oh. the show? <laughs> And I'm like, that's awesome. No, I'm not gonna be your <laughs> But but it's just that idea of that's kind of what we want from each other. It seems that's what we bring into this whole thing that that they'll right. do that. That our our my weakness will be overcome by her strength. And uh, sure, there's times where that's true. 
But if I expect that, then, or demand that, it's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. so I have to learn how to deal with the times that, okay, if my successes make her insecure, I can't lower myself for her insecurity's sake. That's tyranny of the lowest common denominator. Right. It's more, I have to realize that's just a natural part of the system. So the pressure's on her to, to deal with stuff, confront stuff, say stuff to me up front, me acknowledge that and be up front with her, you know? So it's, it's that dynamic that when you hear the words that send you into crisis mode in your marriage, a natural response is going to be to orbit if you're the one that's in panic mode of, I don't want to lose Right. And I was going to say, sometimes it's not just triggered. It's not a response to panic. It's just restlessness. And it's just like someone else wrote to me about his scarcity. He says, I still struggle with scarcity towards her limited time and her limited emotions towards me. So he recognizes this is my scarcity issue, but I, I feel it from her. Right. And so just from an energetic point of view, think about this. When we're talking about what we're trying to get from somebody else, when we're vibrating basically in our own anxiety, I often talk about if you put two violins next to each other, you know, and you pluck the string on one of them, the corresponding string on the other one's going to vibrate because that's just how physics works. Mm-hmm. And so in that relationship, like you're saying, if you come together and one of you's just got really low energy and you're looking to the other one to give you their energy, that's hard because it's very possible that just by the way you're pushing towards them and orbiting them, like you're saying, you, you're throwing off their rhythm and you're throwing off their energy and it's uncomfortable. You're out of sync. Right. And the same thing applies to monotony. That you know, yeah. we have a mono- I have a monotonous life, maybe, and I expect my yes. spouse to add the adventure and the risk and the energy and the passion. Well, in essence, I'm sucking them dry. And well, that- and that's exactly why we speak to the husbands that are very the wives that are feeling sexually pushed and manipulated, because sometimes that is the husband's only outlet to break out of monotony. And so he's looking for her for that. Right. And that's not necessarily her job. Right. So the whole approach that you take towards towards your sex life, towards your emotional intimacy connection, your approach makes a, such a big difference. It does. And and but to realize that a natural response could be to become an orbiter. Yeah. But also at the same time you have to fight against that t- tendency because if if I was if Pam were to come to me and say, you know, hey, Corey, we got a problem. I feel like, you know, we're out of sync. You know, things just aren't working right. You know, that that whatever it is. And I were to then all of a sudden up my pursuit of her. That's usually not going to be received the way I'm thinking it will that I'm intending. Because it, well, it depends. Now, it depends it, on if you're pursuing her from your strength or pursuing her true, from fear. True, because most of the time that's a re- it's a fear reaction. Exactly. So it's the worst in us operating, and so I become more dependent, or I become more clingy, or mm-hmm. more attention seeking, or affection seeking, or even if I'm trying to give that to her because I feel like that's what she's saying she's missing. So therefore, mm-hmm. maybe I just need to up what I'm doing. It, it doesn't come across that way. It usually comes across as smothering. 
which mm-hmm. then their natural reaction is to push back, to get away, right. to sabotage, to do whatever I have to do to create my own space. And yeah, and that's a dynamic that I think happens in in relationships naturally. And we have to I fight against so. that. That's like that's one of those energies that's present. And once we recognize it, then I can lean into it and realize, okay, I need I need to f- resist this temptation to pick up the phone just to check in and see how <laughs> things are going or to send the little note because I'm really not doing it because I'm I'm doing it because it's my own anxieties that's leading it, not a, a strength based reaching out. Yeah, those are stuff we want to outgrow in our teenage years, but it's never too late. (laughs) Well, and in the world we live in today with social media and instant contact, it's tough to not, you know, to chart my own course, if you will, because it, you know, the the natural response is to orbit, but the remedy to it is to create something that can be orbited. Do you think, though, that in a couple, one spouse's tendency would be to orbit and the other spouse's tendency would be to exit? Yeah, and I think, I can't, I think those I would change which roles, too, depending on the circumstance. Yeah. Right. I think that's true. Depending on issue. I mean, that's this might be, okay, a great way to frame it, because we've had this conversation with high desire, low desire. Yeah. Is the high desire oftentimes is going to orbit the low desire. Right. So if you're the higher desire for attention. Right. Yeah. I'll, or, I'll just kind yeah. of sit there and orbit it. And so, you know, maybe it's not <laughs> that I need to cre- break the orbit cycle. Maybe I just need to expand the, the diameter of that orbit <laughs> to, to create more room. <laughs> because if you think about it, the natural, the design of marriage and what everybody really longs for generally in marriage is the mono- is the monotony is the monogamous relationship and so the outlet mm-hmm. for our sexual desires is our marriage relationship so in essence it does by design create an orbiting world that's where okay. it's all going to go but i can't have a real real close orbit that's when it gets smothering and whole the, the pressure cooker so i need to expand it yeah, and and operate from your strength and your wholeness and and positive expectation. Which is interesting, then, because now this leads to a different th- uh, thought process along okay. the same lines of orbiting. That I think a lot of times men, the the husband can become the orbiter of the wife when it becomes when it comes to sex. That I want more sex, so therefore, I'm constantly on the lookout. You know, I've talked about that. That one of my default approaches to sex early on and for sadly a big bulk of my marriage early on was to hover Mm -hmm. and look for the signals you know look for the signs like the (laughs) slightest inkling of interest rather than realizing that's just not healthy or strong or 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 any of the any of the positive words that could could be thrown in there that so I, I'm, in essence, just kind of orbiting her, waiting for the moment. And then that comes across clingy or right. needy, which I know is a real turn on to women, right? Yeah, exactly. Or just pressure. Like, she's like, <laughs> ew, I just need a way. Stop. Right. Because I, I'm guessing, and Gina, correct me if I'm wrong, but if 
if Paul were to just constantly be immature, I guess you could say, um, childish, hovering, orbiting you when it came to sex, how how, how would you hear that? <laughs> like he's a child. Okay. So what comes to my mind is, I don't know if you're familiar with the family guy, but there's a great scene that covers this perfectly. Mom! 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 <laughs> Mommy! 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 Mama! Mama! Go away! Mama! Exactly. Ma. I mean, it's just... Ma! And, Ma! Ma! Mom! 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 Mommy! Mommy! Mama! 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 All our listeners are dying. I mean, that's that's exactly the way it's it's heard, isn't it? It's just this whole needy, this whole clingy. And to me, I mean, I, I have a, a an aversion to whininess and neediness and clinginess. Right. And it and that is challenged weekly by my children <laughs> because it, it's they you know, they get in a mood where they're just tired. And so they get clingy or whiny and it just grates on me. And, and Pam will jokingly kind of poke at me at times with that whole idea too of, I need you. And it's just, Oh, stop. You know, cause it's just not presenting something attractive. It's not presenting our strength. That's that's use your terminology. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so, with with a, as a husband, if I want better sex with my wife, one of the things I have to do is stop orbiting her so closely. Yeah, I think the listeners need to kind of evaluate if they're an orbiter or an exiter, okay. because I. I think that's fair. Like I can honestly say in 20 something years, I've never seen Paul orbit. <laughs> he would be the exeter, which okay. makes me be the puppy. Like, Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, that, so to start with that and then, and then if you're challenged and feeling that scarce, like, Oh my gosh, my needs are not met. I've, I've, be honest, sit with your emotion for a minute so that you recognize what is it that I'm really feeling and what is what meaning am I attaching to it and what is it that I'm really needing and and how can I because ultimately what you're needing is some kind of a feeling. Right. Everything we do is to acquire a feeling, right. significance, safety, security, you know, love. So what is it? And then how can you envelop yourself in that, the fullness of it already, and then bring that to your mate? Yeah. And you'll receive it back. Yeah. So it's a matter of changing your own state so that then you can grow up from there. Yeah. I think of it this way, and I tell my clients a fundamental need I think humans have is we want to be wanted. That that's something in our right. biology. You know, we we want so. to be wanted, but we settle for being needed. Hmm. And that's we a be whole wanted, different ball game. <laughs> because needing, you know, being needed is is smothering and stifling. Because you can't then go and still chart your own path when you're needed. I mean, to me, what comes to my mind when I think of needed, the best mm -hmm. thing that captures that is when you have a newborn. 
They mm-hmm. absolutely need you for their survival, especially mom. Right. I mean, in the world of formula, yeah, it's different. Uh, you know, you can have <laughs> a single father. They, they can do it. But, but you can't, you know, that, I think of those several weeks and months at the beginning of my children's life as it, it was a fog because you, <laughs> you can't get out of the house. I mean, it's great. There's a lot of cool things with, with children. But mm-hmm. when you look at it from a selfish, you know, what I, I want to do my own thing in my, in my life world, worldview, then it, it's restrictive. So we settle for that, though, in a lot of our life. So it's like, well, I know he needs me because I take care of so much stuff. Or I know she needs me because I provide. Well, okay, is that enough, though, when what you're really wanting is to be wanted? And the only way you can achieve being wanted is to present something worth wanting. Oh, yeah, that's really big. That's true. Because I can't, I, I can't do anything about what, what Pam chooses to want. You know, mm-hmm. what, what she chooses. I can't, I can't do anything about that other than present something that I think is worth wanting. Well, I know. And I, we've had guys write to us and say, I, you know, I'm working on that. I've tried, you know, she just doesn't want anything to do with me. You need to have conversations about that. There's something, there's something that brought you together in the beginning. Yeah. There's something that's, that's offended her heart. You, there is a key I'm convinced to her heart. So you have got to either become uh, curious and make it where in your strength, again, you're curious and going after what what you want to understand so that you can be an expert in understanding her or do what it takes to have those conversations, even if they're painful to understand where you've let her down, where you've caused this hurt, where there and own that if that comes up or recognize it's just her. Yeah. I mean, there's just, it's very complicated, but, but don't look, don't get caught in the forest. Looking exactly. at the trees, it's take it's take a step at a time, and the yeah. first step is understanding where you are, exactly, and then landing solidly on your own feet, and saying, yeah. "Hey, I can take care of me." You know, I yeah. regardless of what happens with our relationship, I can be okay. You know, I can set, I can, I, I am okay as a human being. You know, so now from that point of strength, I can then start to seek what I want, be open to what other people want. And then we start navigating things together because that's the way you solve a major crisis. Isn't by totally accommodating to someone else's desire. Exactly. Because that's just, that's just, again, that's tyranny of the lowest common denominator. That's slavery, Mm. if you will. So I'll be whatever he wants me to be. No, that that's going to get bored too. Right. So it's it's about being more solid and growing and presenting something solid and strong and then knowing I can I'm going to get pushback from that I'm going to hear no I'm going to get influences that want me to do something else I can choose what I do with that Yeah and, then and ultimately your, your strongest place is always going to be when you have received unconditional love you're exuding love outside of that you're you're looking outside yourself to to get that that is the most powerful state you can operate in right 
So receiving love, loving the highest and best in your mate and in yourself, it just raises your whole caliber. It really does. And that's that's what Sexy Marriage Radio is all about, is trying to raise the caliber of people and then mm-hmm. in turn raise the caliber of sex that's happening with those people, isn't it? Yeah, it's bigger than two body parts. <laughs> Absolutely it is. It's an entirety of us. And yeah. it's and it's a it's a willingness to be influenced as we go along, but knowing all along I don't forget who I am. Yeah, it's good. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We're glad that you joined us. Wherever you're listening, <laughs> we want to say thank you. And hope that you uh, continue to come back, spread the word, and wherever you are, make it a great day. (laughs) Take care, everybody. Let's talk about...